Welcome to the fifth installment of Cracking Open the Podcast, brought to you by the Sage Circle. In this series, I interview Sage Circle members to find out about their intuitive journey and development. Our guest today is Barbara, and she shares with us her experience of having inner guidance from a young age, how she was able to unite spirituality and religion in her life, and overcome depression by raising her vibration. Let's jump into Cracking Open. So welcome to another episode of Cracking Open, the podcast. I am really excited today to bring to you one of our circle members, Barbara. Barbara, thank you for being here with me. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so glad you're part of the community and I see your name popping up in all the different <laughs> events that we do and stuff like that. And uh, and we actually, I just did an event and was talking about where I had just driven through and you're like, that's my town. And yeah, so I yeah. love the connection. I absolutely love it. First question, because it's always my favorite question. When were you first aware of your intuition? And can you tell me a little bit about that unfolding? So my religion is a huge part of my life. And so that kind of ties into the intuition. So one of the things that I learned growing up was that you can ask God for guidance and that the Holy Spirit can guide you. So I guess from a young age, I just kind of always knew that I had that available to me. But in a religious sort of way. And the first experience that I had, I was like seven and we went on a camping trip with some other members of our congregation. And we were up in Huntsville, which is where they keep prisoners for death row in Texas. So, <laughs> so it was not, a, well, I'm not gonna say it's a dangerous place, but when you're in the park, they would have like the chain gangs and you'd see them. And I was seven and my parents were sleeping in the van and my brothers and I were sleeping in the tent and I had to get up to pee one night. And my brother, before we went to bed, my older brother was like, you know, here's the flashlights right next to me if you need it. And he slept on top of the flashlight. And my brothers do not wake up for anything once they fall asleep. And I was shaking him. I was like, get up. I need the flashlight. He wouldn't wake up. So I was like, fine. So I stumbled through like, I don't know how many campsites to find the bathroom. I could only find one of my shoes. And I had a nightgown that went down past my knees. So it's like the middle of the night. I'm seven years old, stumbling through a very dark campsite or camping area. And I find the bathrooms eventually go to the bathroom. And then I'm like, I can't, I'm, I'm terrified of the dark. I'm still, I'm an adult. I still don't like it. But as a kid, I was terrified of it. And I was like, how did I even get to the bathrooms without a light? And I was trying to go back to the campsite. And every time I would leave the edge of the light, I would get terrified and just turn right back around. And I was praying. And in my little child mind, I'm like, he's just going to send an angel. that's just going to guide me to my campsite. That didn't happen. But on the third try, after the third prayer, when I turned around, my attention was brought to a payphone that was there. And so I'm crying. I've got one shoe on. And, <laughs> and I called the operator, like, because, you know, dialed the O for the operator. And I'm crying. And they're like, how can I help you? And I said, I'm lost. And she's like, hang on. And she turned me to another operator who <laughs> was nicer. And she's like, where are you? I was like, I don't know. I'm in the park with my family. And I guess they better try something called. They got me in touch with the Texas park rangers and a very nice man had me on the phone was trying to get me to find something and I guess they must have traced the call because like while we're on the phone like three trooper cars like state trooper cars pull up with the lights on and everything <laughs> standing there with one shoe like what's going on <laughs> and they ended up helping me find my campsite and my parents from their perspective they were like three o'clock in the morning they get a knock on the you know van door like are you missing a daughter like no she's in the tent well we have a kid here says she's your daughter and I'm like hi <laughs> so 
<laughs> yeah. And at the time, I didn't realize kind of what had happened. But in hindsight, I'm like, I was totally led to, you know, the the payphone. I had expected one answer. I had expected like a miracle of light or something. And what I got was giving other people an opportunity to help me <laughs> by calling the calling the operator and then getting me in touch with the state troopers. And, and it's it's one of my favorite stories to tell <laughs> my well Experience there's connection and uh, faith, mm-hmm. which is huge, and trust. And then mm-hmm. you were guided. Yes. Look over there. There's there's the answer and how you're going to get back. Yes. And I almost feel like, because every time I would go to the edge, I had complete matter of faith that I would be able to find my campsite. But I like looking back, it was almost like I was being turned around. Mm-hmm. Like, like someone was using the fear, like, even though I was scared, I was like, I can do this. And it was like, no, turn around, <laughs> no turn around. And it's like, finally, the third time is like, look at the paper. I'm like, oh, I can call somebody. <laughs> so that was like my, my first experience, like major experience, I guess you could say, I guess. So like with religion, so I kind of always knew and the sort of the thing that I guess opened me up to like to this program, because I didn't join your program until the summer. So like right before my birthday, it was my birthday gift to me <laughs> was to join the program. Um, two years ago, I was diagnosed with severe depression. Um, I'd probably been suffering with it for a long time before that, but I, you know, and I had been to a therapist before for other things. And then two years ago, two and a half, I guess by now, because it was the summer of 2018, I went to another therapist because I was really feeling like I needed, I knew something was wrong. And I was like, something's not right and I need it to be right. And so she had me do this little evaluation thing and it turned out and like it came out that I was uh, suffering from very severe depression and I was just kind of going on autopilot (laughs) and she was great she was a good therapist and I will say that anytime I'm a very emotional person I tend to cry a lot when things hit me and when I first went to her like my first session I was crying the whole time because I think I was sort of relieved in a sense because I was like, I'm going to someone who can help me. And at that time, like that was new <laughs> to have someone who really wanted to help me. And I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with it. So I just cried, <laughs> which is a great way to move energy. It's not the most pleasant, but it's a good way to move energy. It is. Um, and so I started going to her and then something like I had, there was someone that was helping me to pay for it. Cause I can pay for it on my own. Cause I didn't, I had lost my job at that point. And then something happened that they decided they didn't want to help me. They were wanting me to jump through hoops that I was like, no, I shouldn't have to. And they were like, oh, fine. Well, you don't do this. And we're taking away the help. And I'm like, that's rude. So instead of being able to see her every week, (laughs) I was only able to see her like once a month, but in my back pocket, I had a shaman. So this is, this is where it gets odd. So back in 2014 by a mutual friend, I'd been introduced to this woman who was a shaman and who was also a member of my faith, very devout, very active, you know, which seems a little contradictory because, you know, with Christians, that seems a little odd, but she's amazing. I love her. And so we stayed connected. And then two years ago, when I was diagnosed with depression, while I was going to my therapist, I kept getting this feeling like, you need to talk to Judy. You need to call Judy. You need to talk to her. So then when my therapy was taken away and I wasn't able to go to the therapist every week and it was only once a month. And even then I was like, oh, it's pretty expensive still. I was like, okay, I'm going to call Judy. So I talked to her and I went down to where she lived and we had, she did like an energy session with me or shamanic session. We did a journey, like a shamanic journey. And she was like, you need to see me every week for at least three months. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I was like, 
let's do this. And I, and I told her, I was like, I can't compensate you a whole lot right now. She's like, that's okay. Energies and you know, money's just energy in exchange. So give me as much as you can. And so I did. And so for a while I was going to both of them and then I stopped going to the therapist because I was like, the energy work is working. Like it's, it's fitting for me better than the therapy. The therapy was good, um, but it moves energy really slowly. And I was like, I don't want to go slow with this. I want to go fast. <laughs> and my shaman just was really great at just pinpointing things like deep things. Right. And so that sort of helped open up a lot of stuff for me. And I, I'm a dreamer both awake and asleep. (laughs) I always have really vivid dreams. And there were times when I would just have like really, really like I could feel or smell or taste something in my dream or it was just super like I could see it like I was awake. And during that two year period with her, I would notice that my dreams, oh, when they were big dreams, because I I, I call them big dreams and then brain dumps. So when Mm -hmm. I had a big dream, I would notice that it was pointing to something that I needed to heal, like, or, or like messages. And then the more into the healing I got, the less the dreams were about what needed to be healed and more just like messages. So living with her for a year, working with her over two years really opened up my intuition. It opened my mind up to new things because you talk a lot about making contact with your guides. For me, I was kind of like, Oh, but you know, the Holy Spirit's my guide. But then I just switched the terminology. I'm like, okay, so what you would call guides, I would just call angels. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yep, <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. So for me, it's like, okay, those are my angels. It's just terminology a lot of the time to sort of reconcile the, yeah. my religious upbringing, with, which I believe is like, I'm spiritual and religious. So I believe in spirit. I believe in truth. But I also ascribe to a certain religion and I love it. It's a part of who I am. I served a mission for my church when I was yeah. younger, yeah. you know? So I don't want to give that up because that is, that's huge to me. But to be honest, this, the stuff that you have, like, it's really just a wonderful way to be closer to what I already believe in. Exactly. And that's what I feel. So it, it, it was a little different at first, but the thing is like, even within my own religion, I had friends that could see spirits. So, and I was like, I believe you. I don't need to see that. <laughs> like I, I'm okay. Not seeing things. There's so much guidance in this. I mean, even all of the hoops that all of a sudden you had to jump through mm-hmm. for therapy, you were watched over in saying, okay, well, you know, this kind of stinks that we're putting these hoops here for you to jump through, but we're kind of doing it because we know if we put these hoops here for you, and I, I'm talking about, you know, those that are watching over you, your angels, if I put these hoops yeah. here, then I know Barbara will reach out to this shaman. And we know that that's the link and that's what she needs. And I love that. I absolutely love that. And, you know, it's interesting because I had been giving, I'd been getting those pushes before to talk to her. And it wasn't until I had the therapy taken away that I was like, okay, I probably ought to. Because like when you're, when you are suffering from depression, reaching out is very difficult, really, really hard. Like basic things like taking a shower, like doing the little things, like feeding yourself, getting out in the sun a little bit, that's difficult. And a lot of people who don't understand depression, don't understand that. And they're like, why don't you just do this? Like, how hard is it? Like, you would be surprised. It's really it hard. Be very it's difficult. Really hard. You're almost very yeah. frozen. And just the act of taking that step to get help, it can be really, really hard to do. And yeah. the fact that you have this amazing, beautiful faith, you are so connected, and you know it's an integral part of you. 
So I know some people are raised in a certain faith and it just doesn't resonate with them, but some people land in the faith that really is connected and wired to them. But on top of it, you have this opportunity to meet others in that faith that bring in new concepts. And like you said, I love what you said. It's terminology. Yeah. It's terminology. How do you, uh, you know, what word do you use for an essence love? Oh, it all comes from love too. And, and Mm -hmm. to to speak of like seeing things, like I never wanted to see things in physical space. I'm like, I don't know that I can handle it, (laughs) but I see things in my mind. Sometimes there was one time I used to be a nanny. Like I worked as a nanny for like five years, live out. I would never do live in too many horror stories, but I had to be up super early because the my the parents needed me to be there at like six o'clock when they left and so I'd be alone and I would do my scripture study in the morning and and there was one day that I was just having a really hard time and I'm probably going to cry because I feel this every time I have I talk about it and it's just wonderful but I was having a really hard time and I was reading my scriptures and I was just like and just one point I just was like I just want to cry and so I was just bowing my head and I was just praying to like feel something I was like I I'm having a hard time I was like this is like life isn't good right now for me and I could feel my grandparents my mom's parents sitting with me which my grandfather died in 93 when we had just moved from one town to another um just like half hour away from the original house but you know he died when I was 93 or when I was when I was 13 and it was right before Christmas and then while I was serving a mission for my church, my grandma died about a week after my birthday and I was in Montana and I wasn't able to come home for the funeral. And I was really close to my grandma, both of these my mom's parents. And it wasn't the first time I'd felt them before because I felt them in college before, but I just had, I just like had my eyes closed and I had my head bowed and I was just crying over my scriptures and the house was dark. It was quiet and I was the only one that was up and I could feel my grandma next to me and my grandfather sitting across the table from me. And then in my mind's eye, I just saw the whole living room being filled with people and like all the way into the entryway. And I knew that they were family and all I could feel was just this outpouring of love from them and the sense of like, we've got your back and you are supported. So don't be worried. Like, it's okay. Like you have people here that are here for you. And after a while, I'm like, okay, but I don't want to see any of you. (laughs) I'm cool seeing it up in here in my head. Yeah but I don't know how I can ha- how I would handle seeing it with my eyes. <laughs> so yep. I'm like, great, thank you. You're here. I get it. <laughs> and so I, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I want to see things because I just, I just don't know. Like, and, I, and I believe people that can. I'm like, that's so great for you. I don't need that. I believe you. <laughs> I'm all set. I'm okay. <laughs> and I, I actually, I lived in China for a year after college and I had a friend, I met a friend there. She ended up joining my faith, um, but she was from Seattle and she'd been in China for three years and we got to talking and she was, she could see things, you know, she could see spirits. She's like, I don't even know if they're dead until they walk through something. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. That's pretty But strong. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, that's nice. Please don't ever tell me something. Cause there was an experience where I was going to go stay the night at her apartment and we were walking up the stairs and like, we stop on this landing and she's just staring at this window. And I'm like, what's it like what do you see in the window and then she kind of looked back at me and she glares at the window I'm like okay that was weird so then we go up to her apartment and she didn't tell me this until like a month later we were on the phone talking and and she's like you remember that time and I was like yeah and I said what was going on she's like well I saw someone coming down the stairs and I didn't realize that they weren't you know 
a, a ghost until they walked through a string on the, that was hanging down from the ceiling on the landing. And then they stopped and they stared at you. I was like, me? And she's like, yeah, they were just staring at you. And I was like telling them, don't you dare do anything to my friend. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> thanks for not telling me that night. <laughs> exactly. And, and I said, well, you do realize there was no string hanging from the ceiling. And she was like, well, there was when I saw it. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. So... <laughs> But it was just, I mean, and she was incredible. I love her. But I mean, I just was like, that's cool. Like, I never felt like it was weird that other people could see things. And I never was like, well, that's not true. I was like, no, it's totally cool. Yeah, that's that's the thing that can happen. And that was before talking with the shaman and everything. And then after talking with her, I realized just like, you know, for so long, you know, that it's just there's so much that's out there Mm -hmm. that, you know, my, my religion is great, but it doesn't teach all those things. And now you were saying like, you know, finding a religion that can accept that. And I think a lot of it's just personal journey, you know, like my personal journey led me to these things. I know people in my religion that will look at that and be like witchcraft. And then like, you shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) And I'd be like, but why not? Because it's so in line with everything we believe anyway, not everything's going to be in the scriptures, you know, not everything's going to be in talks. People say it's in love. It's based in love. Exactly. Exactly. And And don't worry about seeing things spirit, you know, doesn't give you what you can't handle. So yeah, kind of set up that, that boundary. And it's a good thing for people to hear who are also scared of seeing things is yeah. Nope. I'm, I'm not ready yet here. So yeah. Like I feel you, it. I feel you feel it. it? Well, yeah. And I'm like, down, I'm okay feeling things. Yeah. And to sit down and to be able to feel your grandparents like that is so moving. And the most recent time was just this past August. Like I was, uh, it was actually the day of her f- death, I think, maybe, or her funeral. Like, they were right after each other. Um, but I was looking for a document that I needed, and I was going through some boxes, and I found a bookmark that my mom had sent me, um, that had mailed to me, was, that was for her service. Um, and it had the dates on there. And it happened to be the day that she had died. And I just felt, like, love. And I felt her next to me. And I had this very strong impression that she was going around to everybody in the family that day and saying, you know, just checking up on us. Like, are you okay? Because my parents joined the religion that I grew up in before I was born, but their families are different religions. So Mm -hmm. they don't believe very much. Like there's a lot of parallels because they're all Christian, but there's some things that are just different. Yep. And so um, I know not everyone believes the same things we do. And so sometimes they see death as like super much the end and like totally not. There's so much beyond talk to me a little bit about some of the benefits that you experience currently in your day-to-day life as a result of trusting your intuition okay so first of all good going doing the sage method program was great like I'm so glad that I jumped in and did that because I was like I totally needed this because at the time that I joined it I was like I felt a great push to be able to get in touch more with my intuition more so than what my religion teaches. Cause my religion teaches, you know, meditating on scriptures and praying and going to church, which is good, but there's so much more that we have available to us that I feel like sometimes religion is like baby steps, you know, and God is my guide, you know, and I feel like he's telling me like, this is good, but you can do more. And this isn't like, not everybody would accept this, which is why it's not very widely taught. So one thing that I found for me that was day-to-day, like in the first week, I just finished the the 21-day cleanse, which is great. Feeling good. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Uh, so then 
during week one, you have that thing about respond versus react. Yes. And I love that. Like my shaman would always tell me, you know, if you react to something, there's usually something in you that needs to be healed. And with your program, you really kind of get into that a little more in depth. And it's more like self-work program. I would always just go to my shaman. It's like, I got really mad at somebody today. <laughs> this is what they did. <laughs> Let's work on that. <laughs> and she would be like, okay, well, let's do something. But now it's like I have tools that I can use. And what I love about this is like the daily tools. So when I feel myself starting to react to something, I take a step back and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> it's like, why am I getting upset? And sometimes it's just all this outside energy. And sometimes like, okay, there's something that I need to work through. And so it's, it's been wonderful. And I love that because instead of getting mad at myself, for reacting it's like no that's such a human thing to do it's okay you know I can't be perfect all the time I'm not going to be like you know the zen guru that's just chill all the time it's not <laughs> part of who I am <laughs> yeah so, that's, that's but, not how it flows yeah <laughs> but it's been really great because then I can stop and I can step back and I can work through it on my own instead of having to go to my shaman all the time which is which was my goal because I was like I love her but at the same time, I was like, I shouldn't be going to her for everything. I need to be able to do things on my own. And it's interesting because you have like the GCP thing. Like she taught me something that was similar, but without the, the protect. Although yeah. with her, she would say use mirrors. Yeah. So, I mean, the day-to-day -day stuff, like that has just been so amazing to, to, do, to use that. And especially the grounding, clearing, protecting. That's probably like the best thing ever. Isn't that, yeah. that is my hands down favorite tool. Same. because it's so quick and it's so simple to do it takes like a minute mm -hmm. but it has so much impact around you. it does it does my shaman says that uh energy can move as fast as you want it to and so you know with the ground clear protect I try to time it with my breath you know so like I'll intentionally breathe a couple times and I'll do the grounding and then I'll breathe a couple times for the clearing and then a couple times for the protect part of it and I have like this whole visualization that I go through and it's just, and it, it feels good, you know, good. if there's really one does. thing that I would want everyone in the world to be able to do is, is GCB. So yeah. now you're talking about the Sage Method course, which is the seven week master course. And that's what you're walking through right now. But mm -hmm. you are a Sage Circle member too, which is yes. a different platform. It's an online spiritual community. In addition to GCP, what in the Sage Circle online community has really helped or resonated with you? I, I love the, the discussion that happens. Like I just recently discovered like all the little areas. I kind of knew about a little bit, but then someone put something for dreams. I'm like, oh, that's my thing, it's dreams. <laughs> <That's your> thing. <laughs> I love dreams. And when people post in the Facebook group about dreams, I'm like on it, I'm like, what have people said? Can I add anything to this? Or like, do I need to just shush because everyone said everything else already? Um, and dreams and animal symbols. Uh, but I love, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of quiet on the website. I'm a little more active on the Facebook group. And I, I need to go to the website more often to poke around. But I mean, I would say the sacred space area. I, I love the sacred space podcast or, or, the, or the recordings that you do. Mm -hmm. I had the last one on my schedule and I wasn't able to catch it live. So I did it the next day and I liked it because I was able to take notes and pause it because it was recorded. And I did the, the meditation part, I had a really wonderful experience. And so I was able to stop and write everything down that I had experienced because I have a little journal that I write stuff like that down in. I have like three or four different journals for different things. 
and I have one where I, uh, I write, I call it my shaman journal, but it's whenever I do stuff like meditations and any kind of visualizations, I write that down in. So the, the sacred space meditations, we do them twice a month mm-hmm. and they are fun to do live, but I do like that they are recorded and uploaded because then you can pause and you can, you know, observe and you can do the meditation when it works for you. And mm-hmm. hopefully that's lifted your vibration because that's, that's the totally, it has, it really has. The first one that I did was, I want to say like in August and that first one, I tuckered me out crazy enough. like I was so exhausted like three days and I was like oh, I don't want to do anything but it was because different and I've noticed too that it was really hard to get the vibration going high like that was and this is probably something I don't know if this will help anybody but at the beginning because depression was my mantra for so long and I didn't realize it and then I realized it and I was trying to get out of it low vibration was what I was used to for such a long time that doing the higher vibration stuff was really exhausting at first. Yes. Very exhausting. It's so yes. much easier to get mad at someone and stay mad. It's so much easier not to try to look at things from their perspective because you feel justified. But the more I started doing that, the more I tried, the better I felt. And now like I notice myself really trying to stay away from low vibrational stuff. Like when I'm yeah. trying to look for something to watch on TV, I'm like, none of this feels good. <laughs> You know, like, well, it's kind of dumb. I don't want to watch any of this. Like, I never got into the Tiger King stuff. Like, I've heard people talk about it. And I'm like, that just sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds so low I, vibration. I don't even want to jump into that. I, I did watch that one, but only because I was, was talking so about curious. It. And even then I did it one afternoon, like early in the day, and then spent the rest of my day doing high vibration. Yeah, yeah stuff, you got to, so. you got to like, you got to yeah, you you balance that stuff, but you're so right when you're in a low vibration and that's what it, the perfect words. That's what you knew. That's what you were used to. Mm-hmm. And so when you purposely raise that vibration up at first, it can be an adjustment. And, mm-hmm. but then as you do that, and that's the other thing that I love about um, just being in a community, a spiritual community is that it's a touch point. It's a daily or weekly touch point where you always have something that can lift that vibration up. Mm-hmm. Now, and what it's work. It really is work. It is work. It is. And it's, but it's so rewarding, isn't it? It's very much so. It was hard because I could feel myself wanting to go back to the yeah. low vibration. Mm-hmm. But I mean, intent, you always talk about intent, and that is so huge. Like, if your intent is to get better, then you got to do stuff. And if your intent, even if you don't feel like you're succeeding, the intent is there and that's what pushes you forward. Exactly. Now, what piece of advice would you give to the listeners that are walking their spiritual path? Don't doubt yourself. Like it's easy to do that, you know, and given my religious upbringing, I knew when I was being guided. Um, But even then, like when I started with meditations on my own, I doubted like what, if what I was seeing was really there or not. And the truth is like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go ahead and like because I, I have a great imagination and my thing is like is this me just like making up a story in my head because I'm really good at that or is this really something that's just kind of coming and it didn't matter even if I was making it up it was something and so I would say just don't doubt yourself it's really easy to doubt yourself especially if any of this is new if you're not religious and you're like just totally like a 180 for you it's okay to feel like this sort of weird and silly like I'll give you a really quick example um, one of my first journeys with my shaman, we did, went down to a place called the Cave of Wounds to see what my wounds were. Gollum, like from the Lord of Rings, was in my Cave of Wounds. 
which is really out of like weird like I started laughing she's like what do you see I was like I see Gollum really (laughs) I was like yeah Gollum Gollum's in my cave of wood and it was I mean we ended up healing that in a later journey but it was it was funny and I was like I I was like did I watch Lord of the Rings recently or something you know (laughs) but I, I had but it was it was a symbol right it was a symbol Gollum symbolized something in me that needed to be healed and it was really great I won't go into it but it was just I mean it would be easy to be like, nah, that's just me I thinking just up stuff. Up. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't. He, he was there. He was a symbol. And my brain was like, okay, you'll understand the symbol. Okay. That's and awesome. it was good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Perfect advice is to just, who cares? Trust it. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen? And there's that faith piece that once you bring that in, because for me, it was really, really, really hard because I'm a former skeptic. And so I found that every time I would put myself in even just 10 minutes of for 10 minutes, I'm just going to believe and I'm just going to have faith. And then I can come right back out of that when the 10 minutes is over. Like somehow that was my lifeline that I could hold on to. I could go back (laughs) to my skepticism, you know? Yeah. Um, And my system started to feel what it felt like. And then more proof came as a result. And I know people look for proof and piggybacking off of what you said, sometimes you have to have faith and then the proof comes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. that's very true. That's very true. Like with dreams, it's really easy to write your dreams off. I, whenever I see like people posting, like, what does this mean? I'm like, well, sometimes it's just a brain dump, but if something yeah. stands out or if there, you see a theme going on, maybe pay attention to that. Like Sometimes I'll wake up at like three in the morning and a dream's on my mind and I'm half asleep trying to write it down, <laughs> go back the next day. And I'm like, Oh, what was I writing? Can't see it. But it's because something stuck out and like my intuition and maybe my bladder too, were waking me up and saying, you know, write it down so you don't forget it later. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, I want to thank you for joining me here today and being an incredible role model for people that are walking through Um, not only depression, but opening up and following the guidance. That's what I heard throughout this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, thank you for having me. I'm glad that I was able to share a little bit of my journey. I mean, there's so much more to it, but there's so much more, but (laughs) what you did share, I think is so, so important. Thank you. I just hope that maybe someone in a similar situation can find something and get hope or at least, you know, some ideas and maybe, or encouragement you know, you don't have to leave one thing that you've grown up with to embrace something else new. You can marry it to what you know. Oh, I'm pausing because I have goosebumps <laughs> and tears. That's so yeah. beautiful. Thank you, Barbara. <laughs> no, thank you, Bo.